is the number one movie in America. Now, discover the surprise of Dragon. It's not just about fighting. It was about love and about passion. It just touches you right here. Right. Time Magazine calls it romantic, entrancing. I'm glad he made me go. CBS TV says Jason Scott Lee is extraordinary. You can't change people with your fists. A movie star is born. All women are going to love it. You've got to see it to believe it. Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Rated PG-13. Now playing... And welcome to Cinema Arcade. This is the podcast about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those two worlds collide. Today we are talking about 1993's Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. And I'm no bastard, I'm Steve Guntley. Who else is joining me today? Uh, it's J Ban. And who else is here? Uh, I'm the first love interest that just kind of goes away. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hey, he's a good looking man. He, he works his way through love interests for a while there. Yeah, we are uh, uh, talking about a very unique movie for our podcast because this is, by my estimation, the one and only video game based on a biopic. Uh, Can this be considered a biopic? It is <laughs> a biopic. You know, a, a loose biopic is still a biopic. Uh, there was magic in this. There was hey, actually a tribe. magic in real life, Justin. <laughs> There's and a, that magic is called love. There are lots of shadowy tribunals uh, <laughs> watching over everything that Bruce Lee does. Yeah, I was going to say, if there is a, a biopic that you're going to turn into a video game, this one fits it because it's very goofy. It's very over the top. I feel like you could make a lot more. Like, I, I would like to see, like, uh, The People versus Larry Flint, like, where it's it's maybe like a Phoenix Wright style, like, courtroom game. Uh, we could do... Did we say what movie we were doing? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. Did we? All right. Yeah. Well, I just... Pay attention. <laughs> I know you were distracted by my sense of humor, which is just stunning. It's, um... It fills the room. <laughs> it sparkles and glows. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we, we could get a lot more mileage out of this idea. You know, like, what, what's, a, what's, a, what's a biopic we could turn into? We could do, like, a... I don't know. Oh. We could do, uh, what's the name of the guy that landed the plane in the Hudson? Oh, Sully? Sully. Sully, Sully, Sully Flight yeah. Simulator? I would do a Sully Flight Simulator. I would Sully Flight Simulator. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, like, just smooth sailing and then one time where it's not. An Edith Piaf <laughs> singing game? <laughs> Uh, the Vion Row, uh, like a fighting game, like they row. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could do uh, Captain uh, Phillips. Captain Phillips, yeah, you are the captain now. I'm yeah. just on a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. A cutthroat island could have Tom been Hanks considered role. a biopic if it was uh... real. <laughs> well, there okay. were female pirates. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, they do you an Anne Bonnie movie, yeah, absolutely, make a game out of that. But either way, this is the only one that seems to have chomped at the bit. I may uh, eat my words later when I find out that, you know, like, I don't know, Chronicles of Riddick is based on a true story. But <laughs> it might happen. I don't know. But I believe 
this is the one and only Bruce Lee biopic. So let's talk about this movie a little bit because this is clearly a pitch wild black one. was uh, was real. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I too am afraid of the dark. Uh, Dragon: The Bruce Lee Story was released May seventh, nineteen ninety three. It's directed by Rob Cohen and written by Rob Cohen, John Raffo, and Edward Kamara, and it stars Jason Scott Lee, Lauren Holly, Robert Wagner, Nancy Kwan, Michael Learned, and Sven Ole Thorson. So, uh, yeah, the naturally, when you're making a Bruce Lee movie in the early 90s, the first choice you go to, to like for casting is Brandon Lee, right? Brandon Lee is Bruce Lee's son. He's kind of an ascendant movie star at this time. Uh, ironically, the original or the producers originally rejected him because they, quote, didn't think he looked Chinese enough. Oh, uh, his, his mother is white. And so um, but. Uh, Brandon Lee ultimately removed himself from the project because he said, A, it felt weird to play his father, and B, it felt extra weird in a movie that, let's say, uh, glorifies him just a little bit. Maybe maybe a smooths a over bit? some of his flaws. No. Maybe, this is exactly how it went. Yeah, maybe doesn't really acknowledge him as a mortal man with flaws and demons of his own. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This movie is very subtle because you know he has uh, inner demons because... Oh, oh, it shows us that he has a demon hey, in his head. there's a surrealist take in this movie, and that is okay. Not everything has to be factual. Sometimes <laughs> that's surrealism shows more of a truth than realism. Well, okay, and that's the thing that I'm kind of circling with this movie, and like what I'm trying to decide whether or not I land on it. So the approach that they took to this movie was... What if Bruce Lee's life was like a Bruce Lee movie? Yeah. Right? They good. shot it with, he breaks out into fights all the time and he's got like these kind of mystical powers and infinite wisdom and all of this. And I can't decide if I love or hate this approach. I think in this case, it makes for a very entertaining, extremely dumb and fun movie. Um, I very often was just looking at the screen going, what? <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it's also like, very clearly exaggerated. It's very clearly smoothing out everything about Bruce Lee that made him a human it's being. It's based on a book. Yeah, it's based loosely on the book written by his wife, who might be a little biased on that one. Uh, <laughs> and I, she... I'm willing to say that maybe they took liberties from that book. Like, oh, they took liberties so, away from. I that think book. it's okay. So I don't know. I don't watch a biopic like expecting an honest depiction of the life, like the chronology, because movies and cinema has a language that just isn't reflected in real life. Real life is boring. It is. Real life yeah. doesn't have story arcs. You know, real life uh, is mindless and dull and, uh, and very rarely exciting. Uh, and so creating a movie like of anyone's life is going to be truncated it's going to be edited it's going to be uh glamorized and and i think it's interesting i i feel like the movie colors with bright colored crayons and that's and it says that from the beginning yeah and and i think that's okay i i don't think you need to this doesn't have to be a wikipedia page about bruce lee because we have the wikipedia page about bruce lee i i was comparing some things as i went along Right. Like, and this, huh, interesting. I, I think that's kind of where I landed on it because I think every biopic is almost this dishonest, but <laughs> this movie is at least honest about its dishonesty in a way. Like it's say like no one's ever going to think that this is a true and accurate uh, rendition of Bruce Lee's real life. You know, I, I admittedly, I don't know much about Bruce Lee. I've never been like a huge Bruce Lee guy. I think I just saw Enter the Dragon for the first time last year. 
Like, uh, so it's it's brand new. I I had quite a kung fu era in my life, and it's, uh, and I had flatmates who had a kung fu era. Uh, and every time, the last time I watched this movie, and I don't remember when, I think I was living in Scotland. I had a I had a Bruce Lee kung. Fu, like every time I watch this movie, I go and I usually watch all five Bruce Lee movies. Okay, um, yeah, there really weren't many. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like there's so like the. And the thing, one of the things I really admired about this is that they used Kung Fu, Hong Kong style fight sequences, which has a very unique style of fighting. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked the fight sequences for using Hong Kong style um, choreography. Yeah, no, I... I, I think I want to go on the record that I liked this movie. I had fun with this movie. I think it's really goofy and dumb. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that's a really, a really good time. that's a really good way to describe it because there's a few different points where I was just like, look, this is kind of ridiculous, but I am having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I am enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. And I, I do appreciate that it's kind of willfully dumb. Um, so a couple of the things about the casting here, like we said, Brandon Lee was kind of the first pick. And then uh, he died very suddenly on the set of The Crow at the age of 27. There was an on-set mishap, a gun misfire, a prop gun misfired, uh, shot him in the head, and he died at the age of 27. It was a real tragedy, especially coming off the fact that his father uh, also died young and mysteriously. Uh, no one really knew why. Um, you know, so that that was a big blow. And they, but luckily they were able to find the right casting with uh, an actor named Jason Scott Lee, who's a Chinese Hawaiian uh, who actually had no martial arts experience before taking on this role. He's a gymnast and he's and a, a like, dancer. And a dancer, and yeah. So dance. he's very okay. physical and he's in very good shape. But he didn't know any martial arts. And the director felt that teaching an actor how to do martial arts for individual moments might be easier than teaching a martial artist how to act. So he went with that. Um, now, we've weirdly, we've talked about Jason Scott Lee a few times. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, The Jungle Book, or two weeks ago, we talked about The Jungle Book, yeah. and he's the star of the live-action 1994 oh. Jungle Book, mm-hmm. which I am uh, infuriated to report is not on Disney+. Plus. I wanted to watch it after our Jungle Book episode because it's been a long time. It is not on there, so I might have to rent it. But uh, we also have talked about him two other times in the show. One is from Lilo and Stitch, where he's yep. the voice of David. The and other is Balls, Balls of, of Fury. Fury. Yeah, yes, absolutely. He's the guy, who I believe he gets chopsticks up his nose at one point. <laughs> Not the most <laughs> dignified role. Um, I think Jason Scott Lee is very good in this. I think I'm surprised he didn't kind of pop and become more of a big star after this film. I think especially the first half of the movie shows a lot of like just charisma yeah like the the way that he smiles and stuff just really sells uh and you you're really like yeah i like this guy this guy's cool well he also really captures like bruce lee himself was very charismatic it's just like ridiculously charismatic like when he comes on screen you just can't look anywhere else uh and i feel like jason scott lee did a really great job of of capturing um his charisma and maybe uh and arrogance i mean i don't is it arrogance when you're the baddest motherfucker in the room I don't know. Um, I mean, reportedly, so there's another recent depiction of Bruce Lee in the movies, and that was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was both controversial and arguably more accurate uh, because uh, the the estate of Bruce Lee was not happy with the way that he 
was being portrayed and not happy with the fact that he lost a fight to Brad Pitt's character. Obviously, Brad Pitt's character was not a real person, so this obviously did not happen. But they felt, uh, uh, you know, Bruce Lee would talk a lot of shit, and he was kind of, he had a big ego, he had a temper, he had some issues like that, you know. He was undeniably amazing at what he did, uh, and he popularized martial arts in the West in a way that almost nobody ever had. But yeah, he, he had that he had that edge about him, you know. So I think it's fair to acknowledge it uh, without basking in it. But you do you do hit a line because I think this movie tips a little bit too much into hero worship, you know, which is also something yeah. you don't want from your biopic. You want it a little bit measured. If you're going to be exaggerated, at least have a little bit of a measured I approach. I don't think this this is not what that's doing. Bruce no. Lee was a king like (laughs) (laughs) you just bought into this bruce lee punched through ice blocks like it was nothing he he was otherworldly in his ability to fight and to create a whole entire fighting system like he um like wing chung is the style that he was um initiated or that not initiated he started with and then he like he created jeet kune do and it's just it's an amazing transformation uh like something that uh, like creating your own art um granted that art had a basis like in but it was just like it, it it's very impressive like yeah um it's it's very impressive um I, I do want to take a minute real quick. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I, I do want to take a minute to talk about this film's director, Rob Cohen. I feel like I need to kind of rip I the feel, band-aid I feel like, oh, Okay, wait. Is, it, is, he, is he creepy? Oh, he's about as creepy as a creepy ever creeped. No. Oh, man. Yeah, and I'm sorry, because he's going to come up for us a lot on this show, because in addition to directing this, he directed uh, Dragonheart, which was my favorite movie I when I was a 12-year-old. Uh, Daylight, uh, there's not a game for that, but that was another movie I loved. Uh, Fast and the Furious, Triple X, uh, The Mummy 3. Like He directed a lot of movies that we are going to cover on this show. And so it just needs to be said out right here. There are allegations against him that he sexually assaulted his 12-year-old daughter. Oh, fuck, really? Oh, among among yeah. several actresses who have come forward. He's pretty much a fucking monster and i think uh that that just needs to be shouted out I'm, here i'm glad you said that because i didn't know i had no idea this one weirdly i mean i think because he's not as big of a name uh this one uh might have gone under the rug or not under the rug but under the radar a little bit. under the radar a little bit just because he's not you know he he's not really like a respected auteur he's done a lot of movies that have been successful like the fast and the furious franchise obviously spun off off of his film and became pretty important and impactful but you know it's 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 out there it's out there um so it, it, again all of these come with allegedly in front of them but it's pretty credible and uh his wife came forward and confirmed a lot of the daughter's accusations and yeah pretty bad pretty bad so it just oh, needs to God. be said about this guy uh that he sucks and fuck rob cohen um but you know ripping that band-aid now otherwise this movie was a success when it came out. This movie it was made a huge success. Sixty-three million on a sixteen million dollar budget. That's quite good. Yeah. I think this opened the week before Jurassic Park. So well, like it got kind of got its lunch eaten a little bit. It got lost in the shuffle. But this quietly made a lot of money. It was really interesting. Like because I was reading about articles about the movie and like, and 
part of me is like um, super annoyed at the way the coverage. They're like, women went to see a Bruce Lee movie. What women? Women like see this incredibly attractive man and see wants to see want to see them like kick ass. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Uh, and there was, it was like, oh, it's such a mystery Can when I... his shirt dissolves in oh the my god. opening scene. I <laughs> when that happened, I was like one. Nothing did that. Yeah. <laughs> that shirt just ripped itself off. Yeah. And two, holy shit, does that guy have like no body fat? Yeah, yeah pretty. He, he, he looks is... at the enemy. If you see pictures of Bruce Lee, that's the standard that you need to hit. You he, basically just be all like just rippling every inch of your it, body. But at the same time, also not being like buff, big. Like very toned. Yeah, he's a like yeah. You, not a guy who's gonna go and you know pick up three hundred pounds. No, it's just all. Lean but a guy muscle, who yeah. you genuinely don't want to fuck with. That's why. I mean, that's why it's great to have a dancer and a gymnast in this part because it's clear that he knows how to move. He's very flexible, you know. And like I said, I think it's a very good performance. Uh, there's a moment where he gives a dramatic monologue towards the end of the movie where I think he puts way too much mustard on that performance. He starts like screaming and like punching the closet door and like doing this oh, bad yeah. Chinese no, impression. I, I was kind of giggling when that happened. It's, I was like, oh my. Yeah, that's a directorial choice more than a, a performance <laughs> choice, I think. But yeah, he's putting so much mustard on that. I'm like, all right, dude. Well, and I, well and I feel like, so, man, I love this movie. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I had um, fun. I really feel like in that scene, there's a lot of like, um, I think when you say like they do gloss over about over Bruce Lee's like uh, character, I don't want to say flaws, characteristics yeah, that I mean, might be considered flaws. See, I fucking like. See, okay, you you. I have so some drunk here. The Bruce Lee Kool-Aid I have drunk movie. the Bruce Lee, but no, like even before, like there is Bruce Lee Kool Aid and there's Bruce Lee Bruce Lee reality, and Bruce Lee reality is just as potent as the Kool-Aid. Uh, <laughs> Look, it, Bruce Aid. Uh, I, I do believe, you know, to, to paraphrase the show Firefly, pretty much anyone who's ever had a statue made of him is some kind of son of a bitch or another. I feel that way about every famous person, you know, because every everybody is a human being. So, like... Well, I do. Think he may it, have been a really cool human being, but he was also temperamental, and he could be selfish, and I, he could be but, rude. And, and I think that's what they were trying to show in that scene, which like was very over the top. But at the same time, I feel like at the they sort of they had him on even keel a little bit more than maybe was realistic. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. Um, the love interest, uh, Linda, uh, who played? Oh, uh, that was Lauren Holly. Lauren uh, Holly. Yeah, um, she was best known for uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, um, she was married. I love to, Dumb and she Dumber. was married to Jim Carrey for a while. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yes, no, she was kind of a big star of the early '90s. Uh, very beautiful in this movie. Like mm-hmm. really, oh, yeah. everybody, everybody in this movie is very hot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so a lot of this is coming allegedly from her perspective, but again, like. While this movie, the the notes of this movie aren't picture perfect accurate, and I think they could have gone a little bit further into presenting him as a more complicated figure, but I think the best biopics are the ones that channel the energy of the person and not necessarily the cradle to grave, like letter of the law. You know, so I think like, like I, I have a real issue with musical biopics. There's just so many of them. They're all kind of the same. 
So I want something that's a little more expressive and interesting. I feel Are like, you, um, yeah, like like Rocket Man would be a good example. Yeah. Like that's that's not just like a letter of the of, of this man's life. It is more expressionistic and creative. Yeah, the and to you to your comment about wanting uh, them to develop him more or have him as more of a complicated complicated character, that's where the the like rage scene near the end where I was like. It, it kind of comes out of left field because he had been very even keel often up until that point. And yeah, he was no, he was willing, he was never willing to back down to a fight and he would kind of push a little bit to initiate them, but he was never like angry except for like one or two moments where it made sense. Like when people were being incredibly racist Yeah, and his anger was usually to just, grab his shit and go yeah just get himself out of the situation and then this one time he's like screaming and punching through a closet and knocking everything off of a table and i'm just like whoa yeah <laughs> okay no i mean all of this stuff is well choreographed and it's it's fun it's all well shot like it it strains credulity in a lot of ways there's a scene where Basically, the high tribunal of martial arts summons him to have a so fight for the if I future had, of the sport. If I had any beef with this movie, mm-hmm. um, as a person who did some form of martial art, granted it was European fencing, uh, um, you... I feel like the most credulous part of this is like the scenic places that they do Kung Fu like and uh, they practice Jeet Kune Do because uh, like, usually it's in a... Um, you know, it's it's in a sports center. It's like you know, like a a, a crappy dance studio. Uh, but yeah, in this in that scene that you were talking about, it's like this beautiful scenic situation, yeah. like this ultimate like fighting um, place. Um, it, it, and you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's deeply ridiculous. You know, some of these details, like Bruce Lee, did get a serious injury that kind of took him out of capacity for a while, but I don't think it was in this scenario. No, no, so no. I don't so think it he was, was playing real-life Mortal did you, Kombat so when yeah, it happened. Uh, <laughs> did you hear about how it actually happened? No, no. So he was doing, I didn't know these things were existed, these things called good mornings, which is basically you put a dumbbell in between your shoulders and you bend 90 degrees at the waist, oh, which is like just asking for a back injury. That's literally like putting it in writing, please injure my back. I'm going to stretch myself in the way that let me pull everything at the same time. I once threw my back out pulling my socks on. So like I could see that this would happen. (laughs) This would happen, you know? Um, All right. There is one thing I want to shout out about this movie. Um, The fucking score. Okay. This is a Rob Cohen. Apparently is the king of, and Randy Edelman who did the score for this and for Dragonheart. He's the king of, music you hear in a 100 million trailers and don't know where it's from yeah this music is absolutely that this was in pretty much every like vhs like you know the the sneak previews before the movie you know it it was playing on every single soundtrack either that or the dragon heart soundtrack and uh it was really kind of surreal to sort of hear where it comes from but it's a very lush very cinematic uh triumphant kind of movie score yeah and he also used a lot of like uh hits and like i it's always so funny when like whenever there's like shorthand for it's the swing in 60s all the leaves are brown yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> it just starts playing. Um, and it, I don't know, it was so funny uh, because there's so many uh, like American classic songs being played yeah. uh, throughout the score. Yeah, yeah, which I, you know, all good at setting the scene and everything like that. I mean, we get the whole kind of gamut of his life from, you know, growing up in China and then emigrating here and uh, working his way up, becoming kind of a, a kung fu guru and teaching it to the masses and then becoming a movie star. Uh, and then his his original movie career didn't take off here in the States. I think he shot one movie and he was on the TV show, The Green Hornet. Uh, that didn't work. So he went back to Hong Kong and made a bunch of movies, which became huge hits over there that eventually found a massive audience over here. And then, of course, the big question hanging over Bruce Lee's life is, how did he die? He was 32 years old. He was in prime health. He went home from uh, shooting a scene on Enter the Dragon one day and just never woke up. And uh, I think there was, I'm not sure if they ever figured out what it was. From from what I was seeing, the the problem was... Uh, basically his brain swelled oh, and that's okay. what killed him. So was it a result so of the injury? The question was, how did it happen? Yeah. Um, and so I, I was reading through the Wikipedia article and I'm not a medical expert or whatever, but basically there was a bunch of different theories and it seemed like pretty much all of them were credible to some degree stuff like, uh, he had had his sweat glands removed. Yeah. Uh, and so he was doing a lot of training and filming in very hot locations that week Yeah, and could have been, uh, caused by heat stroke. And then also he had taken a medication that he may have been allergic to. Uh, he had also, there was another thing too, but there was like a handful of different things that like all of them could have been true. Uh, to some varying degrees, whether or not they were the primary thing or they all kind of coalesced to make it happen. Yeah. But uh, it was kind of one of those situations of like, it's from what I was getting was that the medical field at the time, the general realm of his death was something that they weren't super like knowledgeable about yet. And so now all people can do afterwards is just like, look over the reports and say, based on this, we can say. It's so, it interesting. I read the now. same thing. And like, evidently sunstroke didn't used to be a thing. Like, did, like, did people just be like, oh, they're fainting? <laughs> look, we, <laughs> it was called the vapors back then. Yeah. Yes, if there's yes. anything that I've learned about medicine and medical practices throughout the history of even just the United States, that shit was wild. They didn't know anything for so long, yeah. and it's only really the last 50 years that most of it's been, like, known. Yeah. A lot of it was just assumptions and thoughts and hopes, um, stuff like actually sanitizing, washing hands and stuff in the operating room. Yeah. Uh, happened way closer to now than you would have assumed that's basically what that whole show the nick is about just about uh, oh okay my uh, this this causes an infection if i reach into his duodenum with my bare hands okay yeah. good to know um yeah so it's 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 one of those like mysteries and then this movie is playing with this idea that <laughs> it's a curse being handed down through the bloodlines i was gonna ask you about that i was gonna ask what is your opinion on the so I like the surrealism. Yeah. However, the idea of the of the curse is sort of like, um, I don't feels problematic. I don't know if it is problematic, but it feels problematic. Well, he, it, it's. I think the thing that makes me feel icky about it is just that 
Brandon Lee happened to die. Like, yeah. it was literally one month before this movie came out. They added a uh, tribute to him in the credits of the uh, VHS version of this film. Uh, but yeah, he had just died. And then here's this movie about how the Lee family line is cursed and that like the men are destined to die young. That made it feel a little icky. I don't, obviously the, the producers couldn't have known, yeah. the writers couldn't have known when they were writing this. <clears throat> but then like his dad was old yeah. when he died. Yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what his, where, you know, the demon was coming from. You know, it's, that's the movie's kind of ham-fisted way of representing those flaws, those human elements that we were talking about. Rather than showing them, we're just going to see, oh, he's he's got demons that he needs to fight, you know, and he may or may not triumph over them. And instead of going to therapy, he tries to strangle them in his dreams. This is the 70s. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But he was rich in the 70s, so. Yeah, yeah. Ish. Like, I feel like, based on what we were seeing in the movie, he, he had a reasonable amount of wealth. Even though he hadn't quite hit what would have probably been his peak. Yeah. Or have like you seen a level. single Bruce Lee movie? Not that... I was reading through the titles, and some of them seemed familiar, but I probably have just heard of them and not seen them. Enter the Dragon would be probably the way to go. But if you've seen, have you seen Kill Bill? I have, but I don't remember most of it. Okay. Well, you know her yellow jumpsuit. Yes. That's a Bruce Lee suit. That's, oh, from, that's okay. from Game of Death, right? Is mm-hmm. that Game of Death? Yeah. Yeah. So like he, <clears throat> he, he definitely had some iconic it's, looks. It's you know. one of those things where like, and I, I think I've mentioned it before, but we didn't watch many movies when I was a kid. Right. Like, we watched movies when I was a kid, like Finding Nemo and stuff, but we didn't watch like classics at the time or things that were popular or whatever my parents have just never had interest in movies well, mine either yeah well it's interesting because um of course uh talking about hong kong um you can't necessarily like not talk about jackie chan uh and uh, like the style i thought it was really interesting the style of fighting they had um in uh especially when you're fighting the chefs and you're fighting the um the sailors yeah uh in the movie were very jackie chan like a little jackie chan style like uh like the putting on the shirt as you do that yeah. i mean that's also in other kung fu movies yeah uh but it's really interesting to see like because the 90s were uh like you know really great entry point into um hong kong cinema through jackie chan and john um, Wu and like yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah, and yeah. It, that's just a whole again we none of them to this day my so on the myriad of years since like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings have come out, uh, I, these two specifically because they, for whatever reason, always seem to be on marathons during Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we, when I got home for Christmas this year, uh, once again, the Harry Potter marathon was on and my mom was asking questions about stuff that had just happened as if she had never seen the movies before. And I'm like, one, you saw this in the theater when it came out with us. And two, these movies are on every... These we've these have been out playing on the TV for the last five years, just on repeat. And then we switched over to Lord of the Rings, found out, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> My mom had been there in the theater watching them with us when we were, like, younger, you know, like, seven, eight, nine, whatever... But just never absorbed any of it. Yeah. Just so little, like, desire to to care. I think uh, that's... so t- interesting t- t- to me. I think it's really um, 
I think being a parent is horrible. Yeah. yeah. It looks uh, bad. It looks uh, bad. You I do think a lot of things you, you don't want to do. You work, you work full time. You have a child. You're like, and then you have to watch movies with this child. Otherwise, this child's going to be left out of the cultural conversation. Mm-hmm. And you're too tired. You're too tired to actually. I wouldn't be surprised if your mom was sleeping with her eyes open and she taught herself <laughs> that. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, uh, honestly, because both my parents were working full time jobs throughout. So. Yeah. Wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, it definitely tracks. Yeah, yeah that my mom was. Did your did your mom like Lord of the Rings now? Now that she's like actually sat down, like lived. I don't know how well she paid attention to it because she was also doodling around on her phone while the movies were playing. Maybe that's so, maybe Candy Crush is the great love of her life. I, hers, hers is uh, instead of Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. My my mom loves an off-brand version of Farmville. Okay, <laughs> all right. That's yeah. that's been my mom's love for a decade. All right. Back when that stuff was popular and like you played games on Facebook, well, my mom still does. I mean, I still play Stardew Valley all the time, so right. like it's it's not. Yeah, I know, I, it's I a little more sophisticated, but yeah, it's not too but much different. The main thing is that she still plays them through Facebook. Okay, I didn't even know you could. Yeah, I didn't know that those existed anymore. No, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, (laughs) speaking of games, I think we have to talk about this game a little bit because this thing is uh, weird as hell. And we'll we'll probably circle back to the movie a little bit, but uh, I don't know if it's weird. I think it's ill-conceived. Yeah. And we're gonna get malfunctioning. Malfunctioning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basically broken. Um, We're gonna get a. It's kind of a game. Yeah. Out of me here. Uh, well, this was released in various systems between 1994 and 1995. It's developed and published by Virgin Interactive Games, and this was released on Super NES, Genesis, Game Gear, Jaguar, and the Master System. So this is neither the first nor the last game released based on the martial arts of Bruce Lee. So the first game was just called Bruce Lee. It came out for home computers in 1984, so like early uh, Commodore 64, things like that. There's an yeah, MS There's an MS DOS game from the late 80s called Bruce Lee Lives, which was a fighting game similar to the one we played today, but it also used some like clips from some of his films. And then after Dragon, we got Bruce Lee Quest for the Dragon for the Xbox in 2002 and then Bruce Lee Return of the Legend for Game Boy Advance in 2003. So there was an attempt to kind of turn him into a video game figure. So yeah, the release schedule for this game is all over the place because it was actually originally released in the States on the Atari Jaguar, which is oh. a little-loved, largely abandoned <laughs> system, uh, you know, and so it came out pretty late into the life cycle. Also, note those dates, 1994 and 1995. That means the later versions of this game came out two years after the film had already come and gone. And again, this was a hit film, but it wasn't one that kind of lingered in the public consciousness, you know? like it. So the brand didn't really have much cachet, and it's a movie inherently that you cannot get a franchise out of because, you know, the man died. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so... But I think this might be the only biopic. The only thing I could think of that might make it an exception is Alexander, but I think of that as more of like a historical drama, drama rather yeah. than like a, a actual biography of the man. But I guess, you know... Definitions vary. We know it's definitely not an autobiography. It's not an autobiography, no. But I mean, so by the time this game came out on this Genesis and Super Nintendo, like the PlayStation and the Nintendo 64 were already out. Uh, so that this style of gameplay was pretty much completely obsolete. 
Uh, so the handheld versions of this game are more of like a side-scrolling beat-em-up, kind of like a Streets of Rage or a Double Dragon or something like okay. that. But the console games are fighters, and I think that makes sense. That's the right approach to take with this. Yeah. The weird thing that this game does is it is a... Th- it's it's anywhere from like a two to four-player fighting game. No, it doesn't get up NES. to four. It goes up to three. to three. Oh, it goes up to three. Okay, yeah. but there are two enemy characters. There could be two enemy characters on screen as well, but there are... Up to three human players that can play so, it if you're using like a multi-tap for your Super Nintendo. And I, I think if I had to wager from the way I was seeing it presented was you could only do, you could only have up to four on a screen yeah, because you could only do campaign with two, the story with two players. Yeah. Uh, but then you could do a three-player fight. Um, and let me tell you two-player story that looked rough i didn't play it yeah me and jay ben tried this out i was excited i broke out my short ass little controller uh, cable for the uh, uh, super nes clarify the controller the cable is short yeah the controller is normal the controller is normal the the cable is is not a controller for ants i have to sit on the table it's like awkward but (laughs) either way uh we broke out the two controllers we were getting ready to play this thing i thought it was just going to be like you and i fighting against each Mm -hmm. other Instead, what it is is so okay. F- well, first of all, this is a fighting game where you only get to play as one character, Bruce Lee, wearing different color pants. Um, that's kind of the biggest difference that you get in this. So your main Bruce Lee is wearing black pants. The mi- next one is red pants, and then the which third one is in blue the pants. movie, the best pair of pants he wears is those white satin pants. Those and white satin pants were amazing no. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> So already you're at a disadvantage because if you're used to playing things like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, the appeal of a fighting game like that is getting to find the most original character, the character that clicks with you and like kind of figure out which one you're good at. This one doesn't really give you that option. It drops you in. It follows the movie like fairly beat for beat. Like each of the fight scenes in the movie is something that happens in the game. And then they have to elaborate because they run out of fight scenes. <laughs> Including uh, fighting two very scantily clad <laughs> tall women, both staff Girl in red and girl in purple. Because there's no names. There's no names. There's yeah. no text on the screen except for the occasional thing of like, I think when you got your chi meter up high enough, which we didn't really learn how that worked. No. Uh, Is the chain meter a metaphor for the dick? (laughs) What? What? I'm just. I'm asking. I I don't have that part of me. Is that is that a a metaphor? Do you think we become more? more spiritual and more capable the more we have beers? I don't know I was just I was just like or is it are you just talking about like special superpower bars in like I don't know like I was just like this, this is a really <laughs> charge up your dick and punch harder <laughs> that's how dicks work that's exactly how they work yeah I don't like, granted I haven't done any experiments with this but I have never noticed a correlation between my own capabilities and my dick. Mine um, does have a speedometer on it, but otherwise... Oh, uh, you got the yeah, upgraded model. I got that upgrade, huh? but otherwise, <laughs> not usually. What, what kind of... I'm just... <laughs> now, now that we've made fun of it, what, what did you mean? This was a question... I think we right. Did we it. answer the question? I think we solved hey, it. You can ask me questions about being a lady. <laughs> well, yeah, next time What's we get what? a bar, a meter, we'll ask. <laughs> how, how, how is it? Yeah. How is it? Oh, no. Are you having a good time? <laughs> uh, 
it's tough being a lady, but it's good because I'm with you two, and you guys oh, are very nice. Oh, there you go. Thank Thanks. you. Uh, yeah, so uh, all of this sounds good. All the fighting. You've got your dick meter that you can charge up anytime <laughs> you need a little extra boost. Uh, the problem is the game seems to take all of your inputs as light suggestions. As <laughs> like, so, maybe I'll do this if I feel like so it. So to clarify, we didn't have the original instructions and no. the stuff that I was looking up were definitely gave us a decent amount of information, but this is from the era of video game where you hit pause and your options are continue or quit. And then yeah. when you quit, you're, you go to options and this game honestly had more options than most games from this era. Yeah. Uh, including like like volume and the speed, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can change the game speed, which I would always turn up in old games like this because the the sixteen bit fighters were capable of moving a little more crisply than they did. Yeah. Uh, but by default, they were kind of set at a lower. And frame then rate. this one, thank God, had a difficulty setting there because this game was fucking hard. Yeah, if you play this on the normal <laughs> setting, it's really fucking hard. All right, because A, first of all, your your fighting mechanics just don't really respond very well. They don't work at all. Yeah, so, and that's the other thing is there was a secret to the game that we didn't know about, and we may have been toggling it on accident, but the the L and R buttons on the top of the controller, yeah, uh, which I don't think they're called that on that particular controller, but whatever. Yeah, okay. they're L and R. Mm-hmm. Uh, switch which fighting style you're using yeah and we we never nailed down what was going on would have we been didn't nice know to what know. was happening until i think i found that when we were finishing up and about to just watch a playthrough of the game because we were getting our shit pushed in so hard i mean look i i usually i i like fighting games i'm like halfway decent at them i know jban is pretty good at fighting games too we were both sort of struggling. I think I've been a little... I'm the only one who beat a level. It's true. I, I was expecting <laughs> I mean, to struggle, but when I saw y'all's struggle and then I saw my struggle, I was like, all right, one, it's a different level of struggle, and two, their level of struggle is still like a level of struggle away from being able to actually complete a level without difficulty. So we were like, we were I my getting, struggle volume 1, you're yeah. my struggle volume 2. Like I was getting trashed and but they them. were still <laughs> getting beat and the, part of the problem is uh the AI, the fighting AI has a very strong reliance on blocking and there yes. doesn't seem to be and granted this again could be that we just didn't figure it out, but there didn't seem to be a way to block the to break the block or to block on our own. Yeah. So we were just stuck being aggressive well, and hoping we would get. And we also sort of uh, passed it, but also there was no friendly fire yes. uh, mode because, like, when we were two people were fighting one enemy, it's not like we could tag team them or anything. We just ended up punching each other. Yeah. This is the thing. Okay. This is why you don't see a lot of three player fighting games. Okay. It's a very weird mechanic. You can have up to two people playing the story at the same time and then they're fighting a third and sometimes a fourth opponent. What is that really fun Mario game that you play? And like you can be Jigglypuff, Smash, Super oh, Smash, Smash Brothers, Super Smash yeah, Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, not yeah. until Super Smash Brothers was yeah. it. Super Smash yeah. Brothers figured it out. I think this game did not really have it figured out because how are you supposed to play through the story if you're both the hero but you also need to fight against each other? Yeah, like, yeah. we so, assumed it was going to be like kind of a two on two kind of thing where, mm-hmm. uh, but 
the fact that you have friendly fire is the point of it. It's not that like you can accidentally hit the other Bruce Lee. It's that you're supposed to beat up the other. I don't Bruce think you're Lee. supposed to. Hit you're I either think supposed, you're supposed to beat up to. the other Bruce Lee, or there's you're no way not to. Supposed there's to. there's, there's no, no way to avoid it. But I don't think you keep, you're supposed to. You keep snapping back to whoever happens yes. to be closest and to that, you. I think that's something that's been solved in many more modern video games through some kind of targeting selector. Yeah. Of like you just hit a toggle button, or and it just switches through the. Targets. Or they have a friendly fire thing or, where you can't right. hit your you own just can't. teammate. But the problem that they were running into, and I thought it was fucking hilarious watching it and not understanding how absolutely not deliberate it was. Yeah. Was they were just, J-Ban and Steve were beating the shit out of each other. And the sailor was just kind of hanging out helping. All right, so uh, <laughs> the, the AI in this, you know, like when you're a kid and you're playing against your sibling and like, they they start to try to annoy you by just like hitting one button that you can't dodge, you know, just punch, punch, punch over and over and over, or they just crouch in the corner. That's the way the AI in this game plays all yeah. the time. Like it's yeah. always like playing like it's an annoying little the, sibling. We on multiple occasions fighting the sailor, which is the first person you fight, uh, got into uh, an impasse. We got into like a moment where they were just crouched blocking and we're like we can't do anything yeah. and if we try to like go and actually fight them they just pop out and hit us immediately and knock us back so we had to just stay down and blocking and I figured out a cheese move to do but I after doing it a few times doing it like four or five seconds I was like alright that's enough of the cheese move let's try to do this and I it was bad yeah well and it's also really interesting that they have like all the uh, bad guys have ranged weapons uh, like from day one yeah <laughs> and Bruce Lee does not have much range on his punches in this game no you get some nunchucks later but uh, it doesn't really seem to do much for you so technically you can get the nunchucks whenever you just have to get your chi high enough uh, but we were getting our shit kicked in yeah on the we, we, we started at normal we went to the easy difficulty and it was still a bad time yeah no it was and then you know think about the other appeal of games like street fighter it's special powers right it's it's casting a hadouken or it's learning all these combos or different moves like that this game kind of teases you with the idea that you get a couple of super powered moves but they're so hard to execute and even harder to land yeah i think that's the thing is that you can like i was able to execute them but yeah. the punch but they didn't land at yeah. all it, it's like in smash where you use your smash ability whatever that's yeah, called yeah yeah i don't play it often uh and then you just fully whiff and everyone laughs at you and you're like Dang. well shit it happens but um, it, with this game like yeah the the hit detection is just way way off like i feel like i was jumping through the character a lot a lot of my punches like they would be you could look at it in slow motion and it looks like this is punching this man in the face but it's doing yeah. no damage to him you know uh and yeah and we we again we kind of got away from it but the the way that it works when you're doing two-player story is that no matter what you're punching the closest person to you and if it happens to be your presumably teammate the other bruce lee you just beat them up yeah and so it really it's an absolute hindrance because it's so difficult to maneuver in ways because the ai is also very blocky they block all the time but they're also very mobile they do all of the same maneuvers that you might do to try to navigate around like this is again the first fight that we fought on normal difficulty 
felt like what you would fight at the end of a fighting game. Yeah. Because, like, I've played a, a few fighting games, a few Tekkens and stuff, and it was never my cup of tea, but I was still able to, on, like, the normal difficulty, not suck. Now, if, yeah, I, was you fighting, can... if I was fighting even my friend, a friend, I would get my ass kicked. Well, and that's but... why they've been uh, fighting games have been popular for so long. It's because you can really buckle down and learn how to be precise and accurate and learn all the moves and get really freakishly good at it. But you can also have a pretty good time just like button mashing and hoping for the best. So, you know, yeah. if, if you, you know, and this game doesn't really have that charm because the hits don't connect. The moves move right through you. Like sometimes he'll do like a crazy flying kick across the room, but it seems to only work when you're way up in the air. You would need to do it to intercept a jump and your enemy characters never jump. So it, it just feels like a waste. They kind of just... So there's a move that the enemies also have, the AI also has, which if you use it, it's like a springboard forward or backwards to maneuver over or behind whatever's in front of you or behind you. Right. And the AI do something similar, but it's quick. Yeah, yeah. Like it's over in a moment, and typically it's not done in a way where you're able to hit them anyway yeah they're maneuvering I think around we could you keep talking but i think we're circling around the same topic yeah, which are. is this game was difficult well i think it wasn't so much difficult it's just like if you punt, push punch and you're close enough that the punch should land the yeah. punch land like they're, they're that, that's a simple mecha- that's the simplest mechanic of a fighting it's kind game of the barest thing that you should expect right? i feel yeah. like from when i was playing the main issue with that was just that they were blocking everything no even nah. if it seemed like they shouldn't have been it was just so no, frustrating. When I was playing, I'd be very close enough to punch, and the punch wouldn't land. Uh, All of a sudden, Bruce Lee doesn't have the ability to land a punch. Yeah, come on. This And also, we're Bruce Lee. Like, we should yeah. be able to beat some random sailor in a bar or some cook with two knives, you know? Like, we should be able to do that. <laughs> it's literally the first person he beats up. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't do it. This game does have a unique approach to continues, which I appreciate. When you lose all of your lives, basically you get one last chance to come by by fighting the demon that's been like stalking him his whole life. You you start with a very small life bar, and if you're able to beat him, then you get to come back to life. It's pretty hard to do. All of these fights take so long. It feels yeah. like even on the easiest setting, it feels like yes. it takes too long. It's an absolute slog. The punches don't do enough damage to really constitute anything. And there's no timer on the matches, so they kind of just keep going. It's sort yeah. of, I mean, the, the level design is sort of built like like it is a beat-em-up game, like a, like a belt scroller or something like that, but it is meant to be a fighting game. So it just feels like it's very zoomed out. You're not really getting a lot of detail. And uh, we also found a small issue where in some of the levels, in each of the fights, it seems like once you get them to half health, they change something. Yeah. So the first fight, once you get the sailor to half health, he pulls out a chain, which is range and uses that. The second fight, uh, the the cook takes you into the back, into the alley, and another cook comes out. Yeah. Well... When we died and then resumed from there, when you resume, everybody's back to full health. Uh, we resumed in the alley with just the one cook at full health, which normally they'd be at half health at this stage. And then about two seconds later, the other cook comes in. So now resuming was harder than just restarting. Right, yeah. Uh, it was such an interesting thing to discover. And I don't know how many of the levels could be affected like that. But it was just like one of those things of like, ah, they didn't... Uh, 
they didn't expect this one. <laughs> yeah, there. It just feels all very like kind of thrown off and very unpolished, which is weird because I think it's generally a good looking game. I think it's well yeah. animated. You know, I think the. The character designs look good. They've got little still frames from the movies, like in between each of the fights. They've clearly been rendered all to hell, but they're supposed to look like the movie. Yeah, they look like they've been JPEGed a few times. You know, and we we looked ahead in a uh, walkthrough to see the final battle of this uh, game, where you are fighting the demon, and there's like great like finishing move where you're choking him out and lightning striking and everything like that you know but although the lightning striking did get boring because it went on for a little bit too long and was a little too repetitive yeah they they did cut the uh very abrupt death uh from the movie you know where it's just like they there really was no preamble or anything like that the movie just kind of ends with her saying he died at 32 but i prefer to remember the way he lived like at least we get spared that in this movie yeah or in the game but uh yeah, definitely uh, a swing and a miss on the game front, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think hmm. that's fair. I think it looked pretty, didn't play pretty. Well, let's see where we landed on Dragon the Bruce Lee story as a whole. We rate each of our movies and games uh, on a scale from good movie, good game to bad movie, bad game. Uh, let's see where we have landed. Justin, why don't you tell us where we landed on this? Uh, I'll say it was, a, it, was a, it was an all right movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. Um, if you want to see historically accurate Bruce Lee, maybe not the one. If you want to see Bruce Lee get beat down in a fight and then stand up and the motion of him standing up creates a shockwave to blow the guy away from him, yeah. this is the movie. This, this is the this movie is for the that. Movie. This is the one. Uh, and then the game was under mid so i'd say bad game yeah i think that's fair jbam where you come down uh i think this is a very good movie uh I, I don't know if it's very good in the sense of a quality of theatrical experience i think it's very good in the fact that i think the best biopics encourage you to look at the person's uh milieu of art and um read more about them and i think every single one of us read about bruce lee after watching this movie we all like i'm gonna watch some more bruce lee movies uh because i'm just like oh he's he's so he's so cool like uh jason lee scott does an excellent job of bringing him to life but there's no there's 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 nothing like the real Bruce Lee on film yeah. doing Jeet Kune Do and choreography. And it's just, it's so amazing to watch. And I heartily recommend y'all, uh, you know, if you get, if, if our listeners haven't seen a Bruce Lee movie, like go just watch Enter the Dragon. Just, just Enter watch the Dragon's it. an easy watch. It's, um, uh, yeah. Uh, and I think it's a bad game. <laughs> I think it fails uh, the basic uh, premise of a, uh, of a fighting game, which is, punch hit uh i i feel like um uh it's definitely it's got enough gameplay because the gameplay is so janky that you'd um if you paid 60 bucks for it when it came out i think you'd get your money's worth maybe uh but i think you'd be frustrated to no end uh so i don't know I, i i say bad game so i'm saying good movie bad game I think that's where I'm coming down on it too. Like I'm I'm not as like effusive on this movie as you are, but I do enjoy it. I think the approach is fun. It's very cheesy. It's very cornball. Uh, but it's got a great music. I think it's got some charismatic performances. 
and the fight scenes are fun and effective. So you know what? If it's taking some huge liberties, why the hell not? It's entertaining as hell, and I enjoy it. It's not the smartest movie. It's not the most subtle movie, but you are going to get a really entertaining uh, two hours out of this film. Uh, and I don't think you could play two hours of this game uh, without just getting bored out of your mind. I think we made it for about 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, I think you could play two hours of this game yeah. and still not finish it, I think you, and played, you won't be happy. You could play two hours of this game and still be fighting that damn British sailor. Yeah, I think it's a bad game. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I think it's been poorly... Uh, poorly structured and uh, I didn't really enjoy it but that's the way it crumbles well thank Uh, you folks for listening uh, and thank you for for tuning in and thank you all for being here next week we are doing a J-Bands choice and so uh, I know you were you were having an internal struggle if you were going to go classy or you were going to go trashy with this. Uh, and I, I have to go classy. You gotta follow your heart. Gotta what are we doing? Um, uh, we are doing Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. Okay. That's right. The Akira Kurosawa masterpiece. Some people call it the best movie ever made. We're going to get into that. And then we're playing the video game adaptation. It's a very loose adaptation called Seven Samurai 20XX, and it moves the plot of the movie into the future for a Japanese <laughs> RPG. It's going to be a very interesting okay. uh, one to get into. Uh, so, yes, yeah, set aside some time. If you are watching movies along with us, A, you're super cool. B, uh, make a little time for this one because it's a, it's a lengthy film, but I promise you it will not feel like a lengthy film. You will zip uh, right through this one. Avoid the director's cut if there is one. Just, you know. Wait, 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 no, this, is, not- I, this is Akira Kurosawa. If there was a director's cut... You'd watch the director. This is the director. But this it would be the, like the no, extended is, version of Lord of the Rings. No, no, no. You don't understand. Akira Kurosawa, what I, what he says goes. Yeah. How long is the movie normally? Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Right. Yeah. There was originally a cut released in the States that was two and a half hours, but uh, okay. that version has basically been lost. The time because that's bullshit. Because you need what? the full thing. What? Uh, you know what? I just say, like, how long would the director's cut be? Four hours? Four and a half? Why no, not? The director's cut is the cut. You don't understand. Is the the, cut. This is, okay. No one's telling Akira Kurosawa what to do. No. No, can't do it. All right, we're going to get into this. I can yeah. tell this is going to be a fun discussion She's, already. J-Man's already getting heated. Yes. Um, so find, post-Valentine's Day, uh, find yourself a girl or a partner of any kind that loves you as much as Linda loved Bruce Lee in this movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because God damn, man, she, she fucking loved this man. Good for her. Right? All right, everybody. We will see you next week for Seven Samurai. Have a good night. 